Hi guys and welcome back to the Average Pundits podcast, your home of all things Premier League. Instant groundbreaking football news that we're talking about on this one today. We're not going through results. We're not going to go through another international break one, thank God. Uh, we're going to be talking about something which has been breaking today. Uh, but firstly, as always, I'm joined with Reese. How are you doing, Reese? Very good, very good, very interesting. And we're hopping on while you know striking while the iron's hot with this story. So there's what what better time to, to cover this than now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this morning, I think it was first reported by the Telegraph, I believe. Don't quote me on that 100%, but I'm pretty sure it was the Telegraph. It's definitely the Telegraph I saw it on. Um, West Brom in talks of a £150 million takeover, mm-hmm. roughly around $200 million, just under $200 million, £150 million takeover from, a, as of now, an unnamed American consortium. Very ominous, <laughs> very ominous indeed. Um, so at the moment, um, West Brom, you know, promoted from last season, haven't exactly been having the best run in the Premier League. Uh, fucking very confidently say that. I think they do still remain winless, if I'm not mistaken, Reese. Yes, they are winless. They're 19th. They're not rock bottom uh, because they do have a couple draws under their belt. Um, they've played nine games, drawn three. Uh, and I think one of the I think one of the games of the season, you know, looking back at it, is when West Brom drew with Chelsea, um, one of the most important games of the season so far, that's for sure. Um, and then they've lost the remaining six. They've conceded eighteen goals so far uh, in those six losses. Uh, I mean, and the you know, and the and the draws as well because of the three goals scored against Chelsea. They've only scored in three games. Uh, and uh, yeah, they've scored six goals in in those three games, half of which were put past Kepa. Um, Amazing! <laughs> it shows the caliber of Kepa. <laughs> what, a, what a stat that is! Um, and out of those, uh, uh, you know that what what we're going to get into later in you know in maybe where they should go with this. Um, you know, they've they've conceded eighteen goals, uh, and it's quite interesting to see how many of them are in which half. To which twelve of them were conceded in the second half. Twelve of those got twelve of those eighteen goals were scored in the second half against West Brom. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, um, and they also average over the, over the last nine games. They've averaged thirty six point five percent possession. Definitely a club <laughs> in um in a bit in a bit of trouble at the moment. That's 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 one thing to say. I mean, it, I will speak some of their credit. You know, it would be. It would be a, a crime not to mention the weekend, obviously a very controversial game against Manchester United, uh, which ended in a 1-0 win for us. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, second time taken penalty, first time saved. Um, VAR controversy again, man. VAR, 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 all the time. Um, so at the other end, times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three times. <laughs> it'll, come, it'll, it'll come to life. <laughs> uh, the other end of the pitch... Um, I think it was Conor Gallagher brought down in the penalty box by Bruno Fernandes. Um, whether there was enough contact on it, personally, I, do, I don't believe there was. Speaking, I know obviously United hat on, all that stuff, but sometimes you look and you just think, oh my God, what are they doing? That's, that is evident. And it looks on occasion like Bruno puts the ball through his legs, but there's enough contact on like shin to shin for it to be a penalty. But Really, I don't think there was all that much in it. I think it really could have gone either way. I mean, straight away, the ref calls it. Then he went over to the monitor, reversed his decision. So, you know, and that's an example of where, you know, we maybe not seen VAR used 
so much or, or so well in the past, going going for that second viewing, going for that second opinion. Um, but he came back and no penalty, so the game goes on. Then at the other end of the pitch, I think it was Juan Mata uh, was whipping the ball into the box, and um, I can't remember who handballed it now, but it was a handball in the West Brom box. Evidently clear, um, it was a handball, no arguing there. Penalty was taken. Penalty was saved by man of the match, Sam Johnston. I will say that ex United player, he was absolutely, he didn't, he absolutely incredible in that game. Uh, very unfortunate to have to retake that penalty, but according to the rules, he did jump off his line when the uh, save was made. So penalty gets taken again. Um, Bruno puts the Bruno puts the second attempt of the of the penalty behind uh, behind the pun keeper, and that's the second time Bruno's had to do a penalty retake this season, which is interesting, but. It brought in a huge argument of, you know, like it's kind of goalkeeper instinct, isn't it? To, you know, to move about a little bit. And is it necessarily harsh that they're coming off their line? Are they really coming off their line so much? I don't know what you think about it, but the retaking penalty is certainly divided fans online after the game. Yeah, I think, you know, as long as it's not ridiculous, I don't think it needs to be called. As long as it's not like, you know, you know, you know how Jersey Dudek did against AC Milan in that penalty shootout in in Istanbul. I don't if it's that crazy. I don't think so. But I don't think Sam Sam Johnston was that bad. I mean, if the rules state something and they're following the rules, then you know you can't exactly fault the referee. He's doing what he you know he's do he's doing what he can to to help run the game smoothly. Um, but it's just a really unlucky situation for West Brom to be in. Um, you know, where, where, when they do have something going going well for them, when they do have a draw in the bag against arguably England's most marketable team, you know, you kind of have that massive wave of momentum to take that forward. I think that that's what they missed out on with the retake of the penalty, which is, I mean, VAR is always going to pop up you know, no matter what throughout this season. Yeah, and I think the referees have a very good time of it. You know, they 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 kind of have better leeway because they don't have the fans in the stadiums. I think they have a bit more of a, you know, bit yeah. more leeway. I mean, that's an argument, isn't it? I mean, that maybe they should be more concise with their decisions because they don't have the the distraction of the cheering fans behind them and the jeers and stuff like that. They can effectively perform their job without the fans being directly stand. Obviously, they're all watching from home, but they're not directly staring at them in the arena. But still, these controversial calls come out and Definitely that call was controversial. It brings a lot of conversation about English refs and stuff. And we, we, we talked better about this on the, on the VAR debate. So if you haven't seen that podcast, please go back and give that one a little, a little watch or a little listen and just see what our, our opinions were on that matter. Um, but yeah, Sam Johnston, one thing I will say, absolutely incredible in that game. And West Brom were very unfortunate, I think, not to get points off us. I, I think we were incredibly lucky. There's so many issues at Manchester United and that game is not a... You know, it's it's a scapegoat. It's 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 a it's one that just kind of gets brushed under the carpet, and it's another result which maybe maybe keeps Ollie in a job. You know, maybe it brushes stuff under the carpet. You know, it hides a few things under the cracks. It's like, oh well, it's a win. It's three points, but there was far more to worry about there. There was some some really good saves from De Gea in that game, more from Sam Johnston, but definitely a game which Brest Brom unfortunately not to get some points on the board for, but. Either way, we're in this position now. West Brom are, win- are winless in the-, in the Premier League. They're definitely looking like a relegation contender right now unless they have a really strong push in the new year. Um, Slavin Bilic, 
he's got to be one of the names tiered for the chopping block. Um, would you say he's your first manager potentially shown the exit door this season? Yeah, it's definitely he's definitely up there. I think maybe I don't think he's maybe like first, uh, just because he is with a promoted club. Uh, he is with West Brom and Charlton, and they did do well to get promoted. Uh, I watched the final game of the season for them, and it was you know fantastic to see him come up to the Premier League. Um, I think Bilic has done so well with this organisation so far, and to see him kind of be flustered uh, in in the bright lights of the Premier League, it's kind of um, it's a, it was unexpected. I, did, I, I didn't expect a lot from West Brom, but I expected more than this so far. So maybe there's you know with this new unknown American consortium coming through, uh, will there be a bit of backing from them maybe in January, if, if that's the case, and maybe if Bilic can command that. Because he is a good manager. He he took West Ham to some great heights when he was there. So yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before we see what happens. I think that Bilic, if this deal does go through, might be given a bit more time uh, to, to settle down with the new owners and, and see where things go. And maybe uh, Bilic can can kind of have a story of the great escape that you know Sunderland fans are all too common with. Yeah, I think the thing is, it's if he can. So obviously, when when there's talks of a takeover as well, and there's new ownership and there's new people that are invested in the club, they might have a different direction. You never know; they could be billets on the exit door, and they try and bring in a a, a premium manager. So the majority shareholder, Gushin Lai, bought the club in 2016. Um, Chinese businessman comes in, I think, multi-billionaire, buys the club in 2016, and since then they fluctuated in and in and around the Premier League, you know, sometimes featuring someone's going back down to the Championship. So, there's a clear argument there of whether, you know, too good for the Championship, not good enough for the Prem, you know, and I think last season, like you said, they did very well to come up. Um, very well indeed. And now they're kind of here, they're, they're playing with all the, all the big dogs and it can be a little bit overwhelming at times, but there's clear talent in and amongst the team. I mean, no, um, no much so more than probably that Pereira. I think he's a very, very talented player. I think they were the majority of their entire game was ran through him. Um, Conor Gallagher, again, another player with, with, with promise among, in amongst their ranks. But that, that Pereira, I think he is genuinely a special player. And if, obviously, West Brom were to go down or they're potentially, you know, there are interested parties in January, he could be someone looking for the exit door. So something like a, a takeover could help players of his calibre stay. Because, you know, 150 million coming in, that's what Lai apparently wants for the shares. And that's the majority share. I think that's like 85% of West Bromwich Albion. So they have, they'll be a 15% minority still owned by someone else. But this unnamed American consortium coming in would have the majority shares. So they would pretty much sign off on all the decisions of the club. So if they came in with a bit of passion, a bit of investment, obviously a Midlands club, a lot of football being played in the Midlands, very marketable area, you know, and I'm surprised that a big money move, you know, obviously Wolverhampton have had, you know, a huge project happening there. We're seeing a little bit more money being pumped into Aston Villa, gets gets them some good form, a few more, you know, informed signings and stuff, and we're starting to see some form from Villa. Um, still waiting for the Birmingham City one, but you never know, could happen. Um, but West Brom, do you think they have the ability to have this, you know, takeover and become, a, become an English elite club? It depends what they do with the money. Uh, it depends on because you know they are unnamed at the moment. We're not sure on who they are, how much money they're going to have. We we just know 
the price for the for the majority share and that it's an American consortium. Um, so in that case, we're going to have to maybe follow up on this when we do know a few more details. Um, they have a lot of talent there. I mean, it was only the summer that they signed Grady Diangana from West Ham United. Uh, they had Mateus Pereira on loan last year, which basically carried West Brom through last season. And the defence as well with Semi Ajay. Um, he's, a, a, he's a fantastic defender, the, the centre-back from Nigeria. Um, probably one of the best defenders last season in the Championship. So they, they have pockets. I mean, I, I'm not really too sure on whether signing Branislav Ivanovic was, um, was, was a great signing. But I think Kieran Gibbs still shows pockets of, of greatness. Daniel, uh, Darnell Furlong as well is... He's not, he's, not, he's, he's not a bad player. I mean, Callum Robinson showed excellence against Chelsea. Uh, there are pockets everywhere across this team. It's just whether they want to show it. I mean, Romain Sawyers, who was uh, a very, very promising player, came from, from Warsaw, uh, came through that academy and then uh, shipped off to, to West Brom when they were in the championship. And he's come up and he's a Premier League player. Um, I think if they are to continue to challenge, they will need a lot of investment. Um, yeah. And it's something you don't get in the championship because they can't. Uh, when you're down in the football leagues, you have to rely on high wages rather than high transfers. Um, and you only have a certain amount of time in the window to try and get these players. Um, you know, you're not really attractive when you're a newly promoted club. You can get some promising players, but not a lot. So it really does depend on how these new owners will want to spend uh, whether they invest in the youth, whether they invest in a aging squad, which might not be good for the long run. I think what's very apparent, as I mentioned earlier, with the average possession per game and the, the 12 goals conceded in the second half, they need a team with stamina. Uh, they need a team that can go all game or they need backup and major depth in that squad. Um, they need a ball holder. Uh, I mean, I don't think Jake Livermore is, um, is that player unfortunately he's he's a very scrappy player i don't think they have that player i mean you mentioned Col conor gallagher he is a he's a good player but i don't think he's there yet he's not ready to carry this west brom team they need a proper central midfielder to hold the play and distribute the ball someone to you know facilitate for this team and i don't think there's anyone there yet i mean they, they might need some more power firepower in all positions uh so they need heavy investment either way yeah i was gonna say i definitely think that there weren't enough players picked from the clubs that went down to the championship in my opinion I think there's still talent at Watford there's still talent at Bournemouth especially and definitely definitely talent at Norwich you know but Max Aaron somehow is still at the club um, I thought he would have been snapped up really really quick and same with um, Emiliano Buendia Buendia still there I'm pretty sure uh, Buendia yes I mean um, Gerard Delafeu went on loan to mm -hmm. Udinese um, Ismail Assar is still at Norwich uh, there oh, is Watford. Uh, Watford, sorry, Watford. Yes, um, I mean even still, why why not try and go for someone the firepower like Andre Gray? You know he's he's still there. Um, is Josh King still at Bournemouth? Yeah, he's still there. I mean there are plenty of players out there. I mean you know a lot of other teams did raid Bournemouth and and, and you know for for their players. So yeah. I'm not sure why West Brom, a newly promoted club, didn't look towards those relegated players as well. Yeah. Even Bournemouth, they've still got like Brook. Brook's still there. They've got Lewis Cook in the midfield. He scored an absolutely fantastic goal, you know, over, over, over the weekend, I believe. 
So there's there like you said, there is, you know, bags of talent there to be to be got. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe West Brom do look towards the championship because I don't think that's the you know, I don't think that's a, a stupid idea at all, especially clubs that have just gone down because there's there's still players there that are, are worthy of saving. Um, you mentioned earlier the um, buying Grady uh, Diagana from West Ham. That was a transfer which caused an awful lot of upset, mainly amongst the West Ham fan base, definitely the West Ham captain and Mark Noble, who took straight to Twitter quite shockingly and was instantly kind of like spouting off about how it was an awful move and everything. And you're like, wow, this is the club captain coming out and speaking against the club. Like, that's absolutely crazy. And um, West Ham are a club in their own way. They have found some extremely good form this season. But definitely Diagana was a player which West Ham was sad to lose. So what West Ham's lost is West Brom's gain. Um, I feel like there is talent there. It's just whether we're going to see it. And do you feel that if this can, this kind of deal does happen fairly soon, that we're going to see that investment as early as January? Because it's literally, it's right around the corner now. We're really fast approaching the halfway point of this season. And I don't know if many clubs are going to spend. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I personally, for, for example, Liverpool, I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to. <laughs> um, I can't see United spending. I can't see a lot of the top six spending, but definitely lower down the leagues, there are some clubs which need to fill these holes. So do you think West Brom can successfully achieve what they want to, either with or without Slavin Birch at the helm? Are they going to be able to find what they need to power through? What would be smart for West Brom at this point in time is to look for loan players. Look to loan Ismail Asar, um from Watford. Look to loan Brooks from Bournemouth. You know, you need this firepower. You know, Mateus Pereira uh, is, is a great player, but he can't do it all by himself. Um, they need that firepower. Look to loans. I mean, look to what, you know, what did Aston Villa do in the championship? They loaned Tammy Abraham and he was firing and he got them promoted. So it's just a matter of time before we see, you know, West Brom, you know, yes, you know, loans aren't the way forward for every team. But you need some help, even if it's just a short six to six month one. You can have a loan to buy. If you, you know, it, it, it really the, the the puzzle is is quite it's quite jaded at the moment. You you, you don't have all the pieces. You've got some pieces, but the, some some of the pieces that you have to put together are quite confusing because you don't know where to go with them. Especially with the new owners coming in, whether you know the owners need to sign very quickly. They do need to get this deal done over the dotted line as fast as they can to start. Um, to start investing as much as they can. If they want to come in and invest, then they will. I, th- I, think, I think it's just a matter of time before. Unless the deal goes through too late, uh, no investment's made, and West Brom suffer because of it, and they go down to the championship, and they become, um, not, not, not even become, they continue to be that yo-yo team that we, we know at the moment. Yeah. I mean, even then, you know, we saw earlier on, we were talking more about this Newcastle deal. You know, it came up a few times, and then there was there was one initially a long time ago now. Then another one came about over the the first kind of lockdown, and it was like, oh, okay, you know, this is really heating up now. And then nothing. It just falls through completely. And all Newcastle fans were on the edge of their seat. They were ready for it. They were they, they were crying out for it because of the you know, slightly tyrannical reign of, of, of Mike Ashley at that club. You know, definitely the fans are very vocal about him. West Brom fans, I don't necessarily know if they're as passionate about, you know, the owner himself, but they certainly want change. 
they want the fans are craving it and if, 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 if it's there to be taken you know the fans are going to want it even more if it's there in the papers the fans are going to want it even more and if you know they're dangling it in front of them and then they rip it away out of nowhere you're going to have a lot of very very disappointed fans and you know fans are going to be loyal to your club no matter what they're going to be but they're not going to voice um they're not going to be quiet about their, their disappointment i think so it's, it's letting the fans down at the end of the day I think I think with the West Brom fans, I think there's a level of expectation when it comes to like you know clubs like Newcastle getting taken over. Whereas the you know the West Brom fans have been used to you know, kind of mediocrity for a while now. Mm. You know, there's been that period of where they haven't really won anything. There's been great seasons, of course. There's been very good seasons. You know, they've been very good players. You know, Peter Rod and Wingy is one that stands out as well. Like you know, so, so many great players throughout the years, but they haven't really done as much as what Newcastle did with Alan Shearer and all those sorts of players, the calibre and almost you know, almost winning in the first Premier League season. Um, but I, I'm not too sure what is kind of there with West Brom at the moment. So I don't think that the fans are going to be as vocal. They don't necessarily might not want this takeover to happen. Some might be happy with how the club's being run at the moment. I mean, they won't be, they won't be, they won't turn down this at all I mean if I if my club was going to get taken over by someone else I mean I would you don't know what the West Brom fans are like I mean no one really knows about you know the the current majority shareholder of West Bromwich Albion and what what he's like behind the scenes I think definitely when you when it's uh, especially when it's a foreign investor overseas you know that I'm sure they do their research they 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 look at the uh, what's on the table and stuff like that but sometimes you know it takes someone who's extremely devout and passionate about a club to really kind of elevate them. I mean, you look at what, what Vichai did for Leicester and that man was in and around the ground. His family were quite invested and, you know, and there was, there was a real belief there and he wanted to, to see the club succeed. And even now, you know, after his passing, that he's still heralded as, as a real big influence in where Leicester are today. And you look at Leicester now and they're a Premier League superpower. Yeah. And, and there's no reason why, you know, West Brom can't go under that same vein, but it's all to see, isn't it? We'd love to know what any West Brom fans do think about this. You know, you can always get in contact with us under the, the comments if you want to message us on any of the social medias, Twitter at Pundits Average, Instagram at Average Pundits, and Facebook at Average Pundits. Um, and also, if you ever want to inquire about coming on, it's the Average Pundits at Outlook.com for our business email. You can make any inquiries you want to there. Um, I think one last point that I kind of lean on um, with this whole takeover, with you know, let's say let's say it all happens. Let's say they come in and they they make three three particular areas where they can improve their squad, or three specific positions. I mean, I don't know about you personally. I think firepower is definitely needed. So I think definitely adding to the attack, and then like you said yourself, I think a bit more of an anchor in the midfield. A couple of maybe a couple of attackers and a midfield reinforcement is what I'd maybe look at. I'm not sure about you, about what what you think yourself. Um, yeah, I, th- I think maybe maybe they should, maybe they should invest in um, a potential centre back partnership with with Semi Ajay. Um, maybe not even like a ball winning midfielder. I think I think a box to box midfielder, someone that can hold the ball, um, because someone that can play with. I mean, Mateus Pereira put in a, a central attacking uh, midfield position. I think could be fantastic. Um, you know, play more centrally instead of trying to play off the wings. Um, I think that, that that would suit him 
completely well. I mean, Dean Garner is, is a fantastic player. So I think I think a striker that can just get in to the box and get in the right position at the right time is not afraid to fight for the ball in in and in and around the box. Maybe a target man um, for for them. So. We'll have to see, really, or unless they go with the new Villa approach, they brought in Ollie Watkins to suit the fast style, fast style uh, of the Premier League, and maybe West Brom need to do that as well. So, uh, again, it's just really all we have to see is what do West Brom do with with this takeover if it goes through uh, before or during the January transfer window. I definitely think it is a topic we will be revisiting, hopefully fairly soon. We were very interested to see how this story develops. But um, as we said, it's reported today, so we want to make sure we got it out to you guys and uh, to share our opinions on it. Um, before we wrap up today's podcast, another thing to mention, this is the last podcast we'll do whilst this is kind of happening. But um, if you haven't seen already, myself and Reese have been fundraising this month for the charity Mind, um, working really closely um, with people suffering with their mental health, obviously, second lockdown, thankfully coming out of it fairly soon or, you know, tier system you know, well-being and stuff like that, you need to keep all that in consideration, but hopefully we will be out of this kind of like situation we're in soon, and they do a lot of much-needed work, and um, if any of you have any spare pounds, you know, that you could uh, potentially see going towards a really good cause like Mind, um, both mine and Reese's links will be in the comment section below, uh, in the description, rather. Um, doesn't matter who you donate to, it's all going to a good cause, but, you know, we would be extremely appreciative if anyone would like to um, to help out in a very good cause. Um, so just you know, David Reese is doing the cycling. I'm doing the running. We're both growing mustaches and stuff as well. Not that you can tell. <laughs> so it is there. I can confirm it is there. It's because it's a bright room. I can confirm I've seen the mustache. <laughs> this, this, this is this is present. I'm, I hate it. I can't wait for it to go. But you know, I miss the beard. But <laughs> <laughs> but there we go, guys. Thank you, Reese, for joining me as always. No, it's okay. And if you're watching here on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, make sure you come over to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Somewhere above me right now is the subscriber count. We're on 108 subscribers. So make sure that we are aiming towards that subscriber goal that's above me right there. Make sure to do, as Joe says, follow us on Twitter and our Instagram and our Facebook as well. Make sure you do hit us on our email address. But yeah, Joe, it's 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 really interesting topic um, to try and come back and revisit. And Hopefully soon we get some more news to fill in the average pundit's faithful. Very true. Hopefully we do indeed. Thank you very much, guys, and we will see you next time.